is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, they're feeling pretty good in Washington, D.C. today. Democrats and Republicans, members of the House, members of the Senate, President, his staff, they're feeling pretty cool. Because they have the answer to the mass murder that took place in Las Vegas. Ban bump stocks. And so the move is afoot to ban bump stocks. Bump stocks, I mean, most of us who own guns never even heard of bump stocks. And uh, most dealers, as I'm reading... Uh, don't even sell bump stocks. So ban bump stocks, and that will prevent mass murders. So they're very excited in Washington, D.C. They have an answer. They have an answer, and they have a bill, and they're going to have a uh, bipartisan event, and they're going to pat themselves on the back. Meanwhile, the left and the Democrats will continue to trash law enforcement with a few more weeks, a few more months pass, and uh, all will be well. All will be well. But they don't plan to stop here. We know this because Nancy Pelosi spoke at her weekly press conference today in her usual inarticulate way, and here's what she said. Cut to go. But we can't, uh, you know, that, that, that's so what? They're going to say, if you give them bump stock, it's going to be the slippery slope. I certainly hope so. But I don't think bump stock should be a substitute for the background check. Well, there she is in her usual coherence, rationality, reasonableness. If you can make any sense of that, good luck. But I don't think bump stocks should be a substitute for the background check. Bump stocks are not a substitute for the background check. And what background check is she talking about? These people are so ignorant about the current laws that involve weapons today, they make no sense. The problem is millions and millions of people who don't own arms think the same way. Think the same way. Um, But the good news, again, is that the administration is now very, very excited about having a discussion about gun control. So now we need to have a discussion about gun control. A conversation, I think Kellyanne Conway put it on CNN. Cut four, go. You see Hillary Clinton, who's out on a book tour talking about herself, not talking about this. You see right. her rushing to judgment on Twitter the other day while people are still looking through the rubble, searching through the hospitals right. for their missing right. loved ones. Right. trying to. By the way, the parrot in the background, right, 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 that's the dumb Cuomo, Chris Cuomo. That's the dumbest of the Cuomos, and... As a family, the Cuomo family is among the dumbest in the nation. So that's saying something. Go ahead. Guns exactly one time this year. Bernie Sanders, zero times. Elizabeth Warren, zero times. They have tweeted about Russia over 30 times, Sanders and Warren. And it approximates CNN's own coverage. Your obsession with Russia has been to the exclusion of this conversation. So I know the high horse cavalry loves to run in, beating, thumping their chest after the tragedies. 
But let's step back and have a thoughtful conversation about everything right. that is at play here. The more information all of us can learn about what happened in Las Vegas, the better. Mm-hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, cut three, go. Does the president support legislation that would ban or regulate bump stocks? Uh, right now, our focus, as we've said over the last couple of days, has been on healing and uniting the country. Uh, the investigation still continues to be in very early stages. We know that both members of both parties uh, and multiple organizations are planning to take a look at bump stocks and related devices. We certainly welcome that, would like to be part of that conversation, uh, and we would like to see a clear understanding of the facts, and we'd like to see input from the victims' families, from law enforcement, from policy. Makers, uh, and we're expecting hearings and other important fact-finding efforts on that, and we want to be part of that discussion. We're certainly open to that moving forward. Well, there you are. Moving forward, want to have discussions with that, want everyone to be involved. That's fine. We all know where this is going. Uh, we all know it will not stop mass killings. It simply won't stop mass killings. There's more information on this mass murder USA Today, Las Vegas shooter booked rooms facing Lollapalooza Music Festival in Chicago in August. Massachusetts Live, Las Vegas shooter Stephen Paddock, research Fenway Park in Boston, investigators say. The Associated Depressed, officials, Vegas shooter intended to escape, may have had accomplices. Las Vegas Review Journal, Las Vegas strip shooter targeted aviation fuel tank, sources say. He had 1,600 rounds in his car. He had chemicals to make bombs in his car. This was quite the subhuman barbarian. Quite the subhuman barbarian. You know, Mr. Producer, I think the best thing to do would be to outlaw killing. What do you think about that? Great idea? Outlaw murder. Outlaw shooting into crowds. Outlaw shooting an innocent person or innocent people. Why don't we do that? I think we can all agree on this. Outlaw making bombs for the purpose of maiming and killing people. I think we should do that. These seem to me like common sense reforms. A friend of mine sent me an email and says, I have an idea for a new law. And I said, what's that? He said, we should pass a new law that says enforce existing law. That might work. So a term we never heard of before. I'm not even sure if it's a hyphenated term or separate Words, bump, what is it? Bump stock. Bump stock. We will outlaw bump stock and related devices and all will be well. Now, here's the problem with this. Before anybody ever heard of bump stocks and related devices, this same crowd was pushing for eviscerating the Second Amendment before that. In other words, bump stocks are almost... Beside the point, when it comes to the anti-gun, the anti-Second Amendment crowd. And I'm going to prove it to you to some, uh, some degree. We have an individual by the name of Brett Stevens. Brett Stevens is a nasty, rather stupid guy. He's worked at the Jerusalem Post. He's worked at the Wall Street Journal. He now works at the New York Times, where he's a columnist. So the so-called conservative columnists at the New York Times have to constantly throw bones to the left in order to keep their jobs. They're pseudo-conservatives. They're frauds. Brett Stevens is a well-known pseudo-conservative. Now, I don't know what's been discussed today on the other shows, but you haven't heard this from me, and I want to get into this. 
Because actually, he's telling you what the left wants to do. And the title of his column is, Repeal the Second Amendment. I've never understood the conservative fetish for the Second Amendment. So there, there's where he starts, the conservative fetish for the Second Amendment. Does he understand the conservative fetish for the Bill of Rights? Does he understand the conservative fetish for the Constitution? Of course not, he's a moron. Does he understand the conservative fetish for the Declaration of Independence? I bet he understands the conservative fetish for freedom of the press. He says, from a law and order standpoint, more guns means more murder. Now, of course, I will, I will address each one of these points shortly. But he's a propagandist. States with higher rates of gun ownership have disproportionately larger numbers of deaths from firearm-related homicides, noted one exhaustive 2013 study in the American Journal of Public Health. Now, this is inaccurate. We'll get to this later. From a personal safety standpoint, more guns means less safety. The FBI counted a total of 268 justifiable homicides by private citizens involving firearms in 2015. That is, felons killed in the course of committing a felony. And you're going to need me to address this, folks, because this version of, of illiteracy burped up by Brett Stevens will be used by the left repeatedly. So you need to be able to know how to respond to, to the fallacy that is this, com- this a column. Yet that same year, he writes, there were 489 unintentional firearm deaths in the United States, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Between 77 and 141 of those killed were children. From a national security standpoint, so he goes through every single liberal talking point. The amendment's suggestion that a well-regulated militia is necessary to the security of a free state is quaint. The Minutemen that will deter Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un are based in missile silos in Manat, um, North Dakota, not farmhouses in Lexington, Massachusetts. From a personal liberty standpoint, the idea that an armed citizenry is the ultimate check on the ambitious and encroachments of government power is curious. The Whiskey Rebellion of the 1790s, the New York draft riots in 1863, the Coal Miners Rebellion in 1921, the Brinks Robbery of 1981. Does any serious conservative think of these as great moments in Second Amendment activism? I guess he forgot to point out, Mr. Producer, the American Revolution. where many of the weapons the Americans held were obviously private weapons. And now we have the relatively new and now ubiquitous active shooter phenomenon, something that remains extremely rare in the rest of the world. Conservatives often say that the right response to these horrors is to do more on the mental health front. By all accounts, Stephen Paddock would not have raised an eyebrow with a mental health professional before he murdered 58 people in Las Vegas last week. Actually, it was this week. What might have raised a red flag? I'm not the first pundit to point out that if a Mohammed Paddock had purchased dozens of firearms and thousands of rounds of ammunition and then checked himself into a suite at the, at the um, Mandalay Bay with direct views to a nearby music festival, somebody at the local FBI field office would have noticed. Really? Remember the slaughter of 13 men and women and one baby yet born at Fort Hood? You remember that, Mr. Producer? Remember all the red flags that the military and the FBI had, and yet nothing was done. And we can go into case after case after case. So in other words, you see, ladies and gentlemen, white 
potential mass murders can get away with this stuff. Given all this, why do liberals keep losing the gun control debate? Maybe it's because they argue their case badly, and let's face it, in bad faith. Democratic politicians routinely profess their fidelity to the Second Amendment, or rather, a nuanced reading of it, with all the conviction of Barack Obama's support for traditional marriage circa 2008, or with all the conviction of Brett Stevens claiming to be a conservative. People recognize lip service for what it is. Then there are the endless liberal errors of fact. There is no gun show loophole per se. It's a private sale loophole. In other words, the right to sell your own stuff. The civilian AR-15 is not a true assault rifle, and banning such rifles would have little effect on the overall murder rate, since most homicides are committed with handguns. It's not true that 40% of gun owners buy without background checks. The real number is closer to one-fifth. The NRA does not have Republican, quote, balls in a money clip, unquote, as Jimmy Kimmel put it the other night. The NRA has donated a paltry 3500000 to all current members of Congress since 1998, according to the Washington Post, equivalent to about three months of Kimmel's salary. The NRA doesn't need to buy influence. It's powerful because it's popular. Nor will it, uh, will it do to follow the Australian model of a gun buyback program, which has shown poor results in the United States. It makes little sense in a country awash with hundreds of millions of weapons. Keeping guns out of the hands of mentally ill people is a sensible goal, but due process is still owed to the potentially insane. Background checks for private gun sales are another fine idea, though it affects on homicides will be negligible. Guns recovered by police are rarely in the hands of their legal owners, a 2016 study found. You know what's interesting about this, folks? For two days, we've talked about the fact that there really are no solutions to mass murder. There really are no solutions when an evil person sets out to slaughter a whole lot of people. It's not to say you can't stop some. But the fact of the matter is there is no overall program that can stop them. There just isn't. In fact, he writes, the more closely one looks at what passes for common sense gun laws, the more feckless they appear. Americans who claim to be outraged by gun crime should want to do something more than tinker at the margins of a legal regime that most of the developed world rightly considers nuts. They should want to change it fundamentally and permanently. There's only one way to do this, repeal the Second Amendment. So there you go. And you know what's absolutely insane about what he's writing? If all the other suggested solutions cannot possibly work, Why does he think repealing the Second Amendment, which is an impossibility, because you're not going to get two-third members of both houses. Moreover, you're not going to get three-fourths of the state legislatures to support it. You only need 13 state legislatures to say no. But just think about what he's saying. Repeal the Second Amendment. If you want to kill people, and you want to kill a lot of people, it doesn't matter if there's a Second Amendment or not. The incoherence of Brett Stevens reveals itself again, but I'll be back. Repealing the amendment may seem like political mission impossible today, but in the era of same-sex marriage, it's worth recalling that most great causes begin as improbable ones. Gun ownership should never be outlawed, just as it isn't outlawed in Britain or Australia, but it doesn't need a blanket constitutional protection. And he goes on. I will address him in a moment. We'll be right back. in.
Please address the house clown over there at the New York Slimes, Brett Stevens, who can't seem to hold down a position. He used to work at the Wall Street Journal. Before that, he used to work at the Jerusalem Post. This line about, I've never understood the conservative fetish for the Second Amendment. You know, our friend Chris Pandolfo over at Conservative Review really unravels this guy. And he says, uh, Stevens is a fake conservative. And that means he openly gets to make condescending arguments for why the rest of us rubes are too extreme. A fundamental, inalienable right is a fetish that is ignorant, much like the rest of Stevens' columns. First, he argues that more guns means more murder, citing a 2013 study in the American Journal of Public Health that found states that had higher rates of gun ownership had large numbers of deaths from firearm-related homicides. As David Harsony points out at the Federalist, studies like this are misleading. You want to know why? Because they conflate gun homicides and suicides. Two-thirds of handgun, of weapon killing in this country, we've talked about this now for, what, three, four days in a row? Two-thirds suicides. Now, I want to undress the rest of this article, if you'll bear with me. It's important, and you're going to need the information in order to address your liberal friends who are going to wave around the propaganda that, uh, that the New York Times promotes through Brett Stevens. I'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. All right. Let's take our time and walk through this. So the study cited by Brent Stevens is knowingly defective. It's been known for years by many to be defective. It's a 2013 study in the American Journal of Public Health. And, of course, it's misleading because they conflate gun homicides with suicides. But let's see, over at Conservative Review, they go on, let's see Stephen's study and raise him two more recent studies. One is a 2015 report from the American Enterprise Institute that since 1993, gun violence has been declining, even as gun ownership has increased. The other is a 2017 analysis from John Lott's Crime Prevention Center that found murders in the United States are highly concentrated in urban counties with low gun ownership. In fact, just 2% of U.S. counties had more than half of the murders in the United States. And many rural counties with very high rates of gun ownership had no murders whatsoever. Just so happens that the counties that have zero murders have by far the highest gun ownership rates, Lott told the American Spectator earlier this year. The gun ownership rates in those more rural parts of the country are about 111% higher than the gun ownership rate in the urban areas that have the highest murder rates. It's important to look at the facts, isn't it, folks? Next, Brett Stephen argues more guns means less safety. Using FBI statistics, Stevens notes there were 268 justifiable homicides by private citizens involving firearms in 2015, and 489 unintentional firearm deaths in the same year. So the conclusion he wants you to draw is deaths by gun accidents outweigh lives saved by private ownership of firearms, so guns don't make us safer. It's a very bad argument. First, there's no way to determine how many would-be assailants and murderers are deterred from committing a crime and how many lives are saved by the mere presence of guns. Second, as a matter of public policy, does it make more sense to seize 300 million firearms 
from the American populace to stop 400 or so yearly gun accidents? Should we then ban and restrict every tool that causes accidental death or injury? I would argue, what about the automobile? According to the CDC, in 2015, the leading cause of death by unintentional injury in the United States was poisoning, not firearms. Death by firearm came in behind motor vehicle traffic, falling, suffocating, drowning, and death by fire or burning. More than 33,000 people died by falling, and more than 3,500 died by drowning. Ought we severely restrict high places and swimming pools to mitigate those accidental deaths? Stevens goes on to dismiss the Second Amendment's prescription for a well-regulated militia as quaint, and to propose that the idea of an armed citizenry to serve as a check on the government abuses is curious. He then castigates liberals for beating around the bush with their arguments for common-sense gun control and goes for the jugular. Repeal the Second Amendment. Comparing what would understandably be an improbable political campaign to other great causes like the legalization of same-sex marriage, Stevens claims gun ownership doesn't need a blanket constitutional protection and arrogantly dismisses Second Amendment supporters as gun enthusiasts, fantasizing that Red Dawn is the rate that soon awaits us, fate that soon awaits us. Of course, missing in Stevens' piece is any discussion of the fundamental natural right to self-defense, from which we derive the right to bear arms. But that gets to the heart of Stevens' arguments, doesn't it? Which is simply that he does not recognize the right to arm oneself as a fundamental natural right. Like all progressives, Stevens rejects the idea of natural rights. Oh, he brings in James Madison at the end to address rebuttals to his piece, but he postulates that confronted with the death toll from gun violence in America, Madison would agree with him. That is, Madison would agree with his point to take the guns, or at least the presumptive right to take them away. Here he demonstrates his ignorance, as he often does. In the American founding's understanding, the right to bear arms is inalienable. It exists outside the Constitution. It is a right that is endowed by God and secured in the Constitution. Stripping the language of the Second Amendment away from the piece of paper it's written on would not remove the natural rights to possess firearms, that is, to self-defense. Attempt to take that right by force and confiscation is, and, well, you'll find quite a few Americans in the state Stevens flies over saying, for my cold, dead hands. If anything... Madison will look at the deaths by gun violence and decry the epidemic of violent crime in American urban counties. He'd be outraged that the American government abdicated its responsibility to secure the right to life of the American people by instituting law and order and stopping crime. Not only does Brett Stevens not have his facts straight, not only is he historically ignorant, not only does he give in to the progressive premise that our rights come from government and not God, but he's also a phony. He's a phony. The last time Brett Stevens tried to write something at least nominally conservative, the liberal audience of the New York Times went into a fury and demanded his firing. It's okay to pander to the liberals at the New York Times, Brett. Just stop pretending to be a conservative. Exactly right. When you really drill down into the statistics, and you really look at the human beings they represent... These arguments by the left make no sense. No sense. And the oddity in this piece by Brett Stevens, where he goes through each one of the proposals that have been made over the years, which we've done over the last several days, 
and demonstrating how they wouldn't solve a damn thing. And he says, well, let's ban guns altogether. In other words, let's repeal the Second Amendment. As if that would be the nirvana that he and the left seek. But don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, Congress is acting, and they're bipartisan, and they're going to act. And uh, they're going to stop a device from being legal that we've never heard of before, most of us. And then that will do away with mass murder. And I told you the other day, and I believe it with all my heart, if this subhuman barbarian didn't have that device... He would have had other devices. Maybe he wouldn't have used weapons like guns at all. Maybe he would have used fertilizer. Maybe he would have used a truck. Maybe he would have used the chemicals that he had gathered in his automobile to slaughter as many human beings as he possibly could. Maybe he would have done all those things. But Washington, ladies and gentlemen, Washington, D.C., has a solution. It's much like health care. Much like health care. Obamacare is going to bring down the rates. Obamacare will allow you to keep your policy if you want to. Obamacare will allow you to keep your doctor if you want to. Hey, it didn't work out. You can't keep your doctor if you want to. The rates have skyrocketed. You couldn't keep the policy you wanted. So what we need now more more than ever, ladies and gentlemen, is more government. A single-payer system. That is, national, socialist, government-run health care. And when this bump thingamajig doesn't work, and we find out that there's still mass murderers out there who will kill people, well, then we'll just have to outlaw other stuff. And we had mass murders long before we had this mass murder in Las Vegas. And they didn't use this bump device, did they? They didn't use this bump device. You know, his own imbecilic way, Brett Stevens... Brett Stevens points to a fact, which is that in the end, folks, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years from now, the governing elite in the left, the media, academia, Hollywood and the rest, they will figure out a way to eviscerate the Second Amendment as they have eviscerated so much of the rest of the Constitution. They'll do it in your name. They'll do it in the name of victims. They'll do it in the name of common sense and reform. They'll claim it's in the best interest of the people. And when, and when they do these things, they always, they always uh, promote themselves as compassionate and bipartisan and solving problems. They won't solve a damn thing. All right, Mr. Producer, who do you see as the best caller on our call screen, as I haven't pulled it up yet? Michael in Dallas, the great WBAP. Go. Mark, you're a genius. I've listened to you for years. Never thought I'd get through. Hey, well, I, I don't know about that, but you're very kind. Thank you. On the Las Vegas massacre, um, I was in the military, had a chance to fire automatic weapons, howitzers, and so forth. Have great respect for the weapons and the military and the purpose they're used for. However... What I am really let down and frustrated with is our elected leaders are letting us down. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I would argue they're taking away our liberty every time these events happen. 
what about the people that enjoy using these products for fun or sport or killing hogs or personal defense? Well, I would even go further. Most people, I don't know, do you you have weapons? I Yeah, I have a few, but... I, I have weapons. Do you have this device? No. Had you ever heard of this device before? I a bump stock? A video, I saw it on a video, Mark, and every person that used it, including young women had a smile on their face from ear to ear after they tried it. It looks like a novelty, in my opinion. But, but, but my, my, my point is, okay, so they outlaw it. It's not like it affects you and me. It is a phony effort by politicians, the left, the media, to act like they're doing something that's going to actually save lives. And the result, Mark, is they're taking away the, life, the livelihood of the employees, the manufacturers, and the customers of these products that enjoy them for whatever reason. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Let's go to Tom, Washington, D.C., the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. Yeah, uh, I'm speaking here as a former police officer, retired military, and an NRA-certified instructor. I don't work for the NRA. I'm just certified by them. It's all right. You can have an opinion either way. I'm not worried about it. Pro-Second Amendment than me. However, I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I never heard of this bump stock either, and now that I've learned about it, uh, the, the point is we have, as you have stated in the previous days, we have severe, very strict regulations on fully automatic weapons. This is one case. We don't need it for self-defense. We don't need we don't need fully automatic fire, and the regulations of this this product skirted barely legal, skirted the law, and it's not that. All right, let's stop. Let, 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 let me at least let's get our facts straight. It's not barely legal. The Treasury Department approved it twice under Barack Obama. You're aware of that, right? No, I was not aware of that. But the thing is... Hold on, hold on. Let me just slow you down because there's a large audience here. This device was approved. The patent for it was approved, and the device was approved uh, by, by the Bureau over at the Treasury Department under Barack Obama. You're why now, that would be. Because now, Tom, now, Tom, let me – well, because it's not an automatic weapon, and technically the, the semi-automatic weapon doesn't become an automatic weapon. Now, I don't care about any of that. So what? They outlaw this, something that the vast majority of gun owners don't have. But my question to you is this. Do you really believe this guy, if this guy had a more uh, sub, uh, uh, thorough background check, that if this guy had a limitation on guns he could buy to three – if this guy had a, uh, uh, if, if his guns had a capacity of six, seven, eight rounds, that if he didn't have this bump stock, do you really believe this guy wouldn't have gone on his mission to slaughter as many human beings as oh, possible? No, but listen to me, please. I, that's not the point, and it would not have prevented the thing from happening. But I listened. I watched the video, and I listened to this. It was imitation. I mean, I don't know what the difference is between a fully automatic weapon and one with Well, you'd stock. have to ask the Obama administration. This thing was blasting away full automatic. We're not going to do away with mass murder, but we could have, by doing away with these, at least in this case, we could mitigate the amount of damage. That I don't agree. There wouldn't have been this case if we had outlawed it. It would be a different case. Oh, well, this is, like I said, this is... The reason, I, I, listen, I, I'm not wedded to this device. I'm not a special pleader for this device. I'm trying to make rational points here, which is this. Politicians write laws. Politicians beat their chests. Politicians seek power. Politicians seek re-election. 
This is what I'm trying to focus on. Those poor people were slaughtered. And these politicians do what politicians do. They immediately pretend to have a resolution to this problem. And if we only had passed common sense uh, uh, gun control laws, and if we would only ban this bump device that nobody ever really heard of before, these people wouldn't be dead. It is not true. It is not true. Go ahead. In that regard, I agree with you in that regard. And the, the biggest danger is what the discussion starts and there's two things Democrats like to do. They like to demagogue, but a lot of things what they'll do is they start slipping in amendments, slipping in things to a gun law that are egregious and really have nothing to do with well, the issue. Well, Nancy Pelosi already said this is the beginning of a process. To ensure that the bill does not pass so that they can demonize Republicans knowing full well. All right, now you're getting into the politics of it. What, what I'm trying to explain, what I want my audience to understand is, Whatever they do in terms of this bump stock, there will be future mass murders. Outlawing this won't prevent it. They will use other devices and other methods. I want to remind the people that on 9-11, there were no bump stocks. In fact, there were no rifles, there were no pistols, there were no automatic weapons, there were no semi-automatic weapons. There were hijackers who took over at planes and slaughtered people. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Is there any point in me making rational points, Mr. Producer? It's like they're throwing us a bone. We're the dogs, they throw us a bone. And we're supposed to dance and be excited. A friend of mine who uh, is a combat veteran, wonderful man, he writes, the bump stock was invented to make it easier for a person with arm and shoulder problems to shoot more easily. If banned, they are very easy to make yourself, and bump fire, quote-unquote, is easy to accomplish by wrapping your finger through your belt loop while pulling the trigger and using forward pressure to the handguard. In other words, he's saying you can do it with your own belt. It's stupid to ban this thing. It'll serve absolutely no purpose. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if I'm the only host in America. I'm probably one of a few who find this to be ridiculous. What I don't find ridiculous is that this barbarian subhuman slaughtered all these beautiful, wonderful human beings. But here they throw us a bone and want you to think that this will stop the, stop the next evil nut job. And of course, it won't stop anyone from doing anything. You know, the turmoil that takes place in this country, whether it's the debt, whether it's the border, whether it's Obamacare, whether it's the Second Amendment and so forth, it's troubling. And when you look all over the world, Iran, North Korea, what China's up to and Russia's up to, Look at the geopolitical situation. Look at the cultural and social situation. We can't control these things. But you can control your finances. You can control your assets, thereby controlling your future. Gold has survived financial devastation, wars, currency failures throughout centuries. It's, it's, it's better to gain peace of mind now than look back and wish you did. For a limited time, Goldline is offering price protection for three months on orders as low as $2,500. 
It's an amazing special from Goldline. You can call them right now, 877-365-COIN. Be sure to read their important risk information to be sure that buying gold is right for you. Again, 877-365-COIN, 877-365-COIN. I want to repeat, I'm no special pleader for the bump stock. I don't give a damn about the bump stock. What I am saying is this fan dance that's going on with these politicians isn't going to solve a thing. Not a thing. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Three eight one one. I'm in the Florida bunker for the program today, where it is pouring, and it's been pouring all day. I want to repeat to you what a friend of mine wrote me, a combat veteran. He said the bump stock was invented to make it easier for a person with arm and shoulder problems to shoot more easily. If it's banned. They are very easy to make yourself. And bump fire, quote-unquote, is easy to accomplish by wrapping your finger through your belt loop while pulling the trigger and using forward pressure on the handguard. It's stupid to ban this thing. Well, I would say, my dear friend, the next thing we need to ban, logically, would be belts, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Mark, why are you doing this? Why are you applying logic and reason if we can save one life? Because we're not going to save one life. The same people who want you to believe that this is going to stop mass murder, or it's one step in that direction, are the same people who trash law enforcement every single day, who can save lives, who will save lives. For the most part, it's the same people who have supported the nuclear deal in which the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran is perfecting their ICBMs and their nuclear warheads. It's the same people who support an open border which allows people who will do harm, whether it's with a, a, a bump stock or some other device. Not all, of course, but some for sure. 
who oppose securing the border to prevent some of these people from getting into this country and doing harm. Many of these same people are individuals in this country who support lifetime appointments for left-wing liberal activist judges who are soft on crime. And this is what I'm trying to expose. The problem we have is with evil people. And again, we can't stop all evil people, but we stop evil people from using bump stocks or belts or explosive devices or semi-automatic weapons or knives or, or, or whatever they're going to use. We stop evil people from doing that by stopping evil people. And no, we won't be perfect in this regard. In fact, we'll be quite imperfect in this regard. But the same people who want to outlaw bump stocks, and go, go at it. Have a blast. Go at it. Do what you think you need to do. The same people who want to outlaw bump stocks are the, many of the same people who allow evil people in this society, into this society, or attack the blue line that protects us from these evil people. Or promote to the judiciary leftists who do not believe in true order when it comes to the law. This is exactly what I'm trying to point out. And that's the sad fact. And then you have situations like this barbarian subhuman where the police would not have had any reason to stop him in advance of this because they didn't know what he was capable of. Nor would the bump stop have stopped him because he was already prepared with explosives in his own car. So there are just some cases that are hard cases. I want to move on to a few other things. Very interesting over at Politico a left-wing news site. But I have to mention this site from time to time because people leak to this site. Or they speak to this site. As President Donald Trump calls on the Senate Intelligence Committee to investigate so-called fake news, the panel's Republican chairman said today that his investigation into Russian electoral meddling could ultimately discredit some news outlets' reporting. Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr stopped short of endorsing Trump's Thursday morning call for a congressional investigation of the media, but Burr did predict that the final product of his panel's bipartisan inquiry into Moscow's disruption of the 2016 election would illustrate factual errors in some media reports on the issue. We're not going to investigate news organizations, but we will use the findings of our report to let the American people hold every news organization accountable for what they portrayed as fact, in many cases without sources, at least no sources that would admit to it, Burr told Politico. Now we know on many occasions CNN, folks, this is me speaking, not Burr, CNN, the Washington Compost, and the New York Slimes have used these unattributed, unaccountable sources. Burr went on, I think when we finish our report, we will find that quite a few news organizations ran stories that were not factual. Isn't that amazing? Some incorrect news stories on the Russian probe, Burr said, have appeared since yesterday's press conference that he and Committee Vice Chairman Senator Mark Warner held to provide an update 
on the status of their long-running inquiry. Burr and Warner underscored during their Wednesday update that they are still looking into whether Russia colluded with Trump allies or associates to influence the election. The intelligence panel leaders are also, also made no judgment on the Steele dossier, an unverified series of allegations that Russia had amassed compromising information on the president. This should be very, very interesting, I guess. Even more interesting right now, in just a few days, the President of the United States is going to make a decision. Now, we've talked about this all week. And that is whether they certify or decertify the Iran deal. And the leaks are many that the President will decertify the Iran deal. But you see, folks, it's not enough to decertify the Iran deal. That is, decertify the deal in that the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, and it is a Nazi regime in Tehran, uh, that it is materially breached the deal that they reached with Obama and Kerry and all the other losers. And the fact is, they have. But the reporting that's going on out there, so it's being leaked out of the White House, perhaps out of one of the departments or agencies or more, is that they're going to decertify, but they're not going to cane the agreement altogether. they got all kinds of cool ideas and, on what to do to fix the agreement and to punish Iran. I don't get it. Why would you decertify and say that Iran has materially breached numerous elements of the deal that they cut with Obama? And then say, but we're going to fix it as if they're going to comply with any of the fixes that you come up with in a deal with Iran. Moreover, I understand that it will trigger uh, Congress's ability to reinstate very severe sanctions against Iran. But if you decertify the deal with Iran and you withdraw from it, you abrogate it, which is exactly sh- what should occur, nothing stops Congress from imposing very, very severe sanctions on Iran Nothing stops American businesses from stopping to do business with Iran. Nothing stops the Department of State from working its will, if you will, with uh, foreign entities, our, our allies in Europe and elsewhere, to stop doing business with Iran. Nothing stops us from doing all the things we need to do to eliminate that regime, to overthrow that regime, without firing a shot. Without firing a shot, as Reagan did with the Soviets. One of the experts in this area is an old buddy of mine, John Bolton. We worked together at the Justice Department many years ago, several decades ago. And he went on to work at, uh, at the State Department and then eventually to become our ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, and uh, when he came up for a vote in the United States Senate, the Democrats blocked him. The Democrats stopped him. So while he only served a short period of time as our ambassador to the United States, uh, United Nations, he was a remarkable, a superb ambassador to the United Nations. And he's scheduled to be on this program in a few minutes to help walk us through what it looks like the Trump administration is going to do and what he believes, and I think he's quite right about it, what ought to be done. As has my buddy Andy McCarthy, a former federal prosecutor over at National Review today, He says, Mr. President, decertify the Iran deal and then walk away. The question is not whether President Trump should decertify Obama's farcical Iran nuclear deal. Of course he should. Indeed, he must. 
even if we set common sense to the side, federal law requires it. Instead, there are two questions. Why has President Trump recertified the deal, not once, but twice? And what should Trump do after finally decertifying? He says it's time to walk away. I'll be right back. Pleasure to have my buddy John Bolton on with us. John, how are you, sir? Glad to be with you, Mark. Always glad to do it. All right. Decertify, not decertify, and then what? Tell the American people. Well, you know, the, the only in Washington could you get wrapped around an axle like this, uh, where the president's apparently about to uh, conclude that the Iran nuclear deal is not in America's best interest, which is certainly correct. He's going to the, his aides are recommending he not certify uh, to that effect to Congress. And that's correct, too. But they want him to stay in the deal. Uh, this is uh, it's illogical. It's internally contradictory. It's really, in some respects, the worst of both worlds. The clean way to do this is not only not to certify under this uh, Corker Cardin legislation that the deal is not in our interest, but to do what he said in the campaign and get out of the deal entirely. That is a form of political and moral leadership that will make it clear to the rest of the world we do not accept that Iran will ever have deliverable nuclear weapons. You know, Andy McCarthy writes today, says, why do we continue to accept betrayal by the Iranians and act like that somehow this, this can be managed or somehow we can reform it? Um, and you wrote your brilliant piece, same, public, uh, same website, National Review Online, uh, and you pointed out, you say, hey, look, there's a lot of things we can do to punish, in fact, bring down this regime that doesn't require war. There's a lot of things that we can do, and we would have an enormous ability to do it if we got out of this deal. Right. Uh, the, the idea that somehow staying in the deal kicks the decision over to Congress, I, I just think is unpresidential. And, and so you ask yourself, why would anybody come up with such a... Uh, too cute by half ideas, don't say the deal's in America's national interest, but stay in the deal. I think it's because the deal supporters know how strongly the president feels about how bad the deal is. So they're trying to desperately find some way to stay in the deal, hope they can survive through the Trump administration, and then revive it. Look, the Iranians have never had any intention of giving up their pursuit of deliverable nuclear weapons. Uh, people talk about whether the deal is verifiable. You know, the Iranians in over two years now uh, have never allowed the International Atomic Energy Agency to look at the military facilities where the design work on the bomb, the explosive work that's critical to detonating a nuclear weapon are taking place. The International Atomic Energy Agency is confined to investigating the sites that have already been declared, that are already publicly known. Uh, this is like looking a drunk looking for his keys under a light post because the light's clearer there. Of course the Iranians are not going to cheat in the full visible reign of the uh, international inspectors. Uh, and we, we can only guess at what they're doing with North Korea. We know this. Iran is a rich country that wants nuclear weapons technology. North Korea is a poor country that has nuclear weapons technology this hard to figure out what's happening? You know, John, as I listen to you and as I, I read uh, on this subject, what's amazing to me is Iran signed the deal because Iran knew, even if they complied with every syllable of the deal, 
they would have nukes in 10 years. Yeah, and, and they'll so- have nukes before that. Uh, look, the, the uh, deal was front-end loaded with benefits for Iran. Its responsibilities are all at the back end. But if the U.S. pulls out of this deal, we can still impose heavy economic burdens because they're not going to buy any U.S. products if the sanctions go back into effect. Uh, and, and they know that uh, staying in the deal is good for them because their concessions on the nuclear program at the front end were trivial and easily reversible. The head of their program said a few weeks ago that if they pulled out of the deal, they could resume their uranium enrichment program at pre-deal levels, at pre-deal levels in five days. So they, they didn't give up uh, anything of significance. What concerns me, though, and the administration is putting out its position to various reporters and so forth. I'm looking at my friend Eli Lake's piece today in Bloomberg. This kind of tells you where they're coming from, right? I mean, we're going to decertify, and then we're going to have all these, you know, we're going to put all these pressures on Iran and on Iranian businesses, on our businesses and so forth, but they're not going to abrogate the deal. Is there anybody close to the president, is there anybody in any of these departments at the top level who support pulling out of the deal? I, I'm not aware of any. Uh, you know, I tried to see the president to uh, urge that position. I, I, I was uh, I didn't didn't make it. I've asked again today to see him. I don't know what will happen there. But honestly, if the president were really given the full picture, I can't imagine he would be prepared to say, "I think this deal is harmful to the United States, but I'm going to stay in it." What possible logic is there if you want to put? pressure on Iran, get out of the deal, state your position clearly, as Paul Laxalt uh, said back in the Reagan years to uh, Ferdinand Marcos in the Philippines, urging him to resign. He said, cut and cut cleanly. We're not cutting cleanly here. We're taking a butter knife to this deal, and the Iranians will take full advantage of that. And the Iranians, since this deal has been signed, have been giving enormous sums of money to Hezbollah, to Hamas, as it tries to further... Uh, upset that region and focuses on Israel. It's toppled Yemen. It is working with the uh, with the with the Assyrian regime in order to kill allies of ours. Uh, and it is doing all these things, whether it's in this deal or not, which demonstrate the, their provocation and their and their desire to do what? To go to war, to expand their power, to expand terrorism and so forth. Is that another reason to get out of this deal? Sure. Look, this is the way they're behaving before they have deliverable nuclear weapons. All the things that you just said. Imagine what their behavior will be once they get that capability. It was fundamental to Obama's logic that if only he could convince the Iranians that the oppressive United States didn't have a hostile intent toward the Ayatollah's regime, that they'd say, oh, well, in that case, we don't need nuclear weapons. Uh, you, you can say that's a, a naive view on Obama's part. You can say whatever you want about it. The Iranians took him to the cleaners. And uh, this is uh, – Trump is absolutely right. I believe this is the worst diplomatic deal in American history. And the notion that the president uh, is being advised to stay in it, I just – it's just appalling. Look, we've had three straight administrations for 25 straight years uh, have failed to deal with the Iranian nuclear weapons program effectively. By the way – failed to deal with the North Korean nuclear weapons program effectively either. And uh, unfortunately, though, the bill will come due in the Trump administration when they will likely get that capability uh, unless he stops it. And 
it's a hard road, but if you fail to get out of the nuclear deal entirely, if you don't break cleanly, if you get lost in the Washington bureaucracy, you're never going to be able to mount the kind of pressure on Iran that's necessary. John Bolton, I appreciate it. Very well said. You take care of yourself. And we'll be right back. One is on the air at 877-381-3811. You know, protecting your family is your number one responsibility. Simply Safe Home Security is a great way to do that. Years back, Simply Safe's founder is in grad school at Harvard when his friends start getting robbed in Boston. So they came to him. They said, look, we can't buy a security system. They have to be hardwired. We don't own these homes. There's a three-year contract. Home security is extremely expensive. What should we do? So he thinks, says, okay, there's got to be a better way. And you know what he does? He invents something for them. He invents Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a totally wireless security system. It's top shelf, complete security with 24 7 alarm monitoring and police dispatch. And with Simply Safe, there are no contracts or hidden fees. You're never locked to the company because Simply Safe's popularity has soared since then. They're protecting 2 million people now. Check out Simply Safe, and you'll get 10% off at simplysafemark.com. Or if you want your home protected even sooner, like tonight, you can visit Best Buy. You can buy Simply Safe there. But 10% off your home security system at simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. If you don't have a home security system, now is the time to get one. Not after the fact. If you have a home security system, and you feel you're overpaying and it's not doing exactly what you want, go to simplysafemark.com. Okay, check it out. Simplysafemark.com. Yes, I have simplysafemark.com too. Imagine that. Imagine that. All right, let's take some calls. I'm pulling it up. Here we go. Let's see here. Bump stock, bump stock. James, Denver, Colorado, KNUS, go. Hey, Mark. Uh, you know, um, the the question was asked, um, what on earth could be the reasoning uh, or, or a good reason for staying in this deal? And the only thing that I could even fathom is that if we're almost certain that they're going to break the terms of the deal and we stay in the deal, then we have the advantage of having – multilateral action taken against them as opposed to the U.S. pulling out and then us taking unilateral action. But the Europeans, uh, whether we're in this deal or out of this deal, they'll either oppose Iran getting nukes because, you know, they're in the crosshairs too, or they won't, whether we're in this deal or not. And yet under this deal, sir, the Europeans are trading with them freely, as are we. You there? And the irrationality where the president would decertify, claiming that this arrangement is not in our national security interest, and then fail to abrogate it, if they're campaigning from sea to shining sea, that it is the dumbest deal in human history, and that we need to get out of it, that raises issues, too, about the integrity of, the, uh, of his campaign, 
and about the illogic of what he's being urged to do. Let, let's make no mistake about this. If he decertifies and then comes up with some um, uh, pablum about, you know, but we're going to call the, uh, the Iranian Guard terrorists and we're going we're to withhold finances from them, but the other part of the regime can get them and so forth. Let, let's not play games. What that means is he's really not decertifying, in my view. He is, uh, it's certification light. And it'll be the third time he's done it. But to answer your question, if we pull out, we will have the ability to do all kinds of things to destroy that regime economically, covertly, with intelligence and other activities, which is exactly what we were doing. Being in this agreement, unfortunately, we are incapable of doing that. Yeah, I'm just wondering if if somewhere somebody's thinking that we're better off not doing it unilaterally and having some kind of... We already said that, and what I answered... Look... Whether suicide is by the individual or, or by unila- done unilaterally or by group, it's still suicide, isn't it? Sure. It okay, is. well, that's the bottom line. Do we want the Iranians to get nukes? No. Just answer my question. No, we don't. Well, under this deal, they're going to get nukes. And the amazing thing is, under the deal, they're going to get nukes, but it's still not good enough. They want nukes faster. They want them before the deal ends. Now, why do you think that is? I'll tell you why that is. Because they're afraid that we will have a president, whether it's this president or maybe some future president, who will put his or her foot down and say, we're out of this deal. This is an enemy. They keep threatening to destroy us. They're getting nuclear weapons, and we're going to destroy them first. You know, the funny thing is, I've been saying for months, our next war, and I don't want war, okay? But our next war will not be with North Korea, in my view. I could be wrong, so be it. Our next war is going to be with Iran if we don't get out of this deal. Because we know, we know Iran with uh, long-range ICBMs with nuclear warheads means that Iran can blackmail the United States forevermore. And they will. And as much as I despise North Korea and the fascists who runs that regime, Iran has demonstrated that it will conquer other countries that it will expand its its borders at the cost of other societies, that it will push terrorism, that it will kill American soldiers. And Iran has done all those things, right? I, I agree with everything. It's just so hard to fathom what all these generals are thinking. Well, you know, uh, Lincoln had to get rid of a few generals in order to win the Civil War, didn't he? It's true, yeah. I'm not impressed. Everybody's so impressed with uh, Mattis. Is there something he's done that impresses you as a uh, Secretary of Defense? Uh, I mean, uh, he seems like he's been a pretty dogged guy. and uh, Dogged at what? Know, he, well, I mean, he, he's, he carries uh, 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 an air of... of uh, I didn't ask um, you about the, 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 the psychological aspects of his uh, position, and I didn't ask you about his resume. What has he done? No, I... I mean... All right, sir. Thank you for your call. Neither can I. I mean, our Defense Department, our our Pentagon, our military is in desperate need of far more financing than they're getting even from this administration. I don't hear Mattis talking about that. Instead, I hear him going on about uh, uh, about uh, you know transgender soldiers, and uh, I hear him going on about uh, yes, we should maintain this deal. I'm not aware of any major breach before the president even makes a decision. Stuff like that. I don't, I don't find this particularly impressive. I don't mean to swim against the tide, but if I have to swim against the tide, so be it. Jim 
Elmsford, New York, the great WABC. Go. It's great to be able to talk with you, Mark. I've been listening to you for years and love your program. Thank um, you, sir. You're welcome. Um, I was reading, uh, I'm glad you talked about that Brett Stevens piece today, because it's funny, in, in his writing, he, he, he shows you the, the Democratic game plan. I should say oh, Democratic. I know. I heard that on Fox earlier today. It's not, uh, he doesn't show me the Democratic uh, game plan. Uh, what he shows me, and we already knew they wanted to get rid of the Second Amendment, is that he's ignorant. And right. he basically he basically says, you know, stop with the uh, little ideas. They're not going to work, which is something everybody knows. And go right for the juggler. So, yeah, go he, ahead. Uh, well, what he says is, I mean, that's the way he, he phrases the sentence. He, repealing the amendment may seem like political mission impossible today. But in the era of same-sex marriage, it's worth recalling most great causes begin as improbable. It's a stupid article because same-sex marriage uh, was not uh, brought about as a result of a uh, constitutional amendment, and it wasn't eliminated as a result of a constitutional amendment. You would actually have to repeal the Second Amendment. That requires two-thirds of both houses of Congress making a proposal. And it requires 38 state legislatures, either through convention or the legislatures, repealing it. And so that takes, what, 13 states to say no. 13 states will say no. So it's a stupid idea. They're not going to repeal the Second Amendment. Not through the amendment process. They will destroy the Second Amendment the way they always do. Through some judicial um, activism by the Supreme Court that uh, rewrites the Constitution on the fly. Exactly. And Gorsuch is no guarantee as a 5-4 Scalian vote on, on that issue. No, I think Gorsuch is very solid. The uh, problem is um, we don't have a 5-4 Supreme Court. And even if we did, we won't have a 5-4 Supreme Court forever. So the Second Amendment is something that the left has wanted to destroy for a long time. Big chunks of the First Amendment, separation of powers. The Tenth Amendment they've essentially read out of the Constitution, except, of course, when they're unconstitutionally violating the Constitution with their sanctuary cities and all the rest. But I appreciate your call, my friend. Very, very interesting point. Let's see. Let's get, we're getting a lot of good people calling. I want to thank you very, very much. These are tough issues. Very tough issues. Sean, Austin, Texas, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, Mark, here's my opinion. Uh, it, it, the bottom line is this. I mean, you can you can... You can make whatever argument you want, but at the end of the day, when you have uh, regimes that claim things like, for example, you know, Kim Jong-un or the North Korean regime says, you know, as soon as we get a nuclear weapon, we're going to nuke the United States. Okay, well, you have the Iranians say, as soon as we get a nuclear weapon, we're going right, to wipe Israel off the map. The bottom line is you don't talk uh, the Iranians didn't say, as soon as we get a nuclear weapon, we're going to wipe Israel off the map. They said, we're going to wipe Israel off the map. The Iranians didn't say as soon as we get a nuclear weapon, we're going to attack the United States. The Iranians have said death to America. So this will be a major part of their military arsenal uh, that they might, in fact, one day use against the United States. You know, you get not just evil people, but you get insane people in positions of power, dictatorships or uh, imams, uh, you know, when you look at Iran and so forth. You look at the history of the world. You look at the Roman Empire. You look at the, the, the insane emperors you had in some instances in Rome, or even in Greece for that matter. So that's the problem. Insane nut jobs or ideologically driven nut jobs with weapons that can blow a country off the face of the earth. Fair enough, but my point is this. 
You don't deal with those people. You don't give them anything. You do everything you can to destroy them politically and economically. And I agree. Until they get to the point where they actually act, and when they act, you wipe them off the map. With no, no, no. You, you don't, you, okay, thanks for your call. The last point is where you lose me. We're not talking about uh, pea shooters here. We're talking about nuclear missiles. Where they act, and then you wipe them off the face of the earth. This is another thing I don't understand. Why do we have to wait for the Iranians to have nuclear missiles in missile silos, nuclear missiles aimed at the United States? Why do we have to wait for that time to ha- occur in order to take out this regime? <clears throat> I'm quite serious about this. I mean, there was there used to be a time when a nation threatened us, like North Korea, uh, with nuclear weapons, and they had nuclear weapons. We took it very, very seriously. I, I, Mark, we're taking it seriously now. Really? Really? Have we uh, have we placed uh, the hundred nuclear warheads that were removed from South Korea back into South Korea? Have we encouraged Japan? To do the same? Do we have a permanent naval fleet, a carrier fleet? And have we announced it in the South China Sea? Have we taken all the economic steps we can take to crush China? Given that China is behind North Korea, 90% of the trade in China uh, with North Korea is with China? And I can go on and on. No, we haven't. When Reagan was president, he decided he wanted to destroy the Soviet Union. And he destroyed the Soviet Union. Purging two missiles. Purging two missiles. He wanted to update our missiles, place them in Germany. Given what Russia, that is the Soviet Union, had done, he was opposed at home. He was opposed in Germany by the people of Germany. Helmut Kohl agreed, and that's exactly what he did. Moreover, the Trident MX missile. Congress fought him, fought him, fought him, and fought him. He shut down the government in order to get funding for that. And I could go on and on and on. Do you see that kind of urgency, that kind of willpower? Instead, we have generals who, I don't know, Mattis. I don't, I'm not aware of any breach. You're not aware of any breach. You're not General Helen Keller, are you? And you get this guy Dunford up there, the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Same thing. If these are the best generals we can find, now, one's a retired general, of course. Then we need to find new generals. And I'm quite serious about this. If you don't see the Iranians as a moral threat, and the Iranians every day violating the deal, and you're the head of the Defense Department, you're the Secretary of Defense, then we need a new Secretary of Defense. If you're the head of the Joint Chiefs and you draw the same conclusion, well, you should be doing something else. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. You're not going to get the usual pablum on this show. You're not going to get talk radio by the numbers, paint by the numbers. I think for myself... I've got decades and decades of uh, of writing and thinking about these issues, and uh, I don't allow a, one website or one commentator or one emailer or one book to chase me in one direction or another. 
And so the flock may go off in one direction and I may go off in another direction. Not because I'm trying to be provocative or unique. It's because I am who I am, to quote Popeye. And so I look at this Iranian deal and what appears to be coming, and I hope I'm wrong, uh, looks like a mess. Now, they'll be beating their chest about how tough they're being, but uh, if you don't get out of the deal, you're not being tough at all. And the problem is the Iranians will continue what the Iranians are doing. If you want to have every imaginable option on the table, you need to get out of this deal. I'm also not playing games with the, the bump stock. I know what it is. I don't have one. I don't want one. I don't particularly like them. Uh, we saw what it's capable of doing in the hands of an evil person, but that's the point. It's in the hands of an evil person. And the, the voices, even before uh, what took place in Las Vegas was fully over, where they're pushing gun control, gun control, gun control. Now, they've settled on the bump stock, but that's not where this is going to end. Same people who trash the cops, law and order, support liberal judges, keep talking about criminal justice reform, letting criminals out of prison. It's that crowd. Did you notice that big IRS-shaped target? Oh, yeah, the IRS put it there on you when you couldn't pay your tax bill and filed an extension. You figured you have the cash by now, right? Well, you don't. Extension is about to expire. Got a couple choices. Do nothing. Wait for the IRS to come knocking. Bad choice. The IRS is a brutal collection agency. They can garnish your wages. They can levy your bank account, even close down your business. The smarter choice is calling my friends at Optima Tax Relief. Tell them you're ready to put your IRS drama behind you. No one knows IRS ins and outs better than Optima's tax experts, which explains how they've resolved over half a billion dollars in tax debt for their clients. They're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. You know what that means? It means they have the highest grade. You can't get any higher than A-plus. Getting your life back starts the moment you call Optima for your free consultation. Call 800-499-6300. 800-499-6300. That's 800-499-6300. So I'm for nuclear arms control, ladies and gentlemen. When we do a background check on the Iranian regime, and we see a bunch of Hitlerian, Nazi-type, ideologically driven <clears throat> mass murderers and genocidal maniacs. Shouldn't we be for nuclear missile control? I'm quite serious about this. Nuclear missile control is a good thing. When it involves Iran, it has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. And our background check tells us these people are quite capable of using these nuclear missiles against the United States and our allies. They have violated this deal that Obama created with them, even though at the end of the deal they get nukes. So how do you fix a deal with a regime like that? No, 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 no. I think Congress should be meeting right now to outlaw nuclear weapons for Iran. What do you say, folks? Join me. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. 
This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, All right. You know, our phone line has been loaded since I came on the air. Seems only fair with these major issues out there that we uh, we take some of the calls and see what you're thinking. Larry, Evansville, Indiana, the great WGBF. Go. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, If I could say one thing about this Iran deal, and that would be to uh, President Trump when it comes 15th of October, uh, we'll look. Will the real President Trump please stand up concerning what he said during his campaign and what he's uh, doing now? I went in the Air Force during the Vietnam War, didn't retire till 1994. I saw what happened when, the, when, when all those things were happening. I saw the uh, gutting of the military start actually under Bush 41, continued under, and until Clinton was, was uh, uh, sworn in. I saw the light. I retired. I retired in 1994. Put my paperwork in a year before. Um, what's going to happen here, Mark, is that if President Trump continues to listen to his chairman, Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of State, and anybody else that's telling him to stay in this deal, and I'll use some of Trump's language, not to use bad words, but if President Trump, it makes about as much sense as putting shoes on a dead horse. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be dead after you put the shoes on it. I have great-grandchildren now that in 10 years would stand the highest probability of having to fight a war because of what President Obama did, and that was this. He took Iran, who was vir- that was virtually on their knees because of, the, because of the conditions that we were putting them under, put them back on their feet, gave them over $150 billion to continue. To me... That was aiding and abetting the enemy. I, I agree. It, it is the worst single act of a president of the United States against his own country that I can even think of. All he did, all he did was aid them and abet them and, and somehow make it quasi-illegal with his signature. You were well, right, I have Mark. to blame guys like Bob Corker and McConnell and the Republican majority, a significant majority in the Senate, who let him get away with this and didn't force it uh, through the treaty process. And I spent a lot of time talking about it at the time. You're exactly right. And what's going to happen is our my great grand I have a great grandchild now, and that 15 years will be 18 years old. Mm-hmm. 
I well, look, we all have kids, or many of us have kids. I have a granddaughter and a grandson on the way. And I'm making the point over and over again. If we don't address Iran now, our kids and grandkids, and in your case, great-grandkids, they're going to have to go to war to stop this. Because Iran, I mean, to have these, these uh, institutionalized terrorists, if you will, that have successfully taken over a nation, and it's a big country with a lot of people. I mean, people need to remember it. We're talking about Persians, and Persians have a grand history. And um, they've also had a, 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 a history of uh, literature, of learning, of knowledge, and so forth and so on. So you get these throwbacks who take over this country and now have uh, taken it over with an iron fist. And the problem is, when you have these throwbacks with these missiles who keep threatening, you know, death to America, death to America, I don't know if I'm president of the United States. I take it seriously, and I tell my generals, you know, generals who are serious about this sort of stuff, I tell my generals, I need, I need you to give me options on the table, short of war, where I can take this regime out. Exactly. And, and, and you know as well as I do, Mark, that uh, I'm not going to get down to the machinations of all, all the things here. But when you get above 05 and, and into the 06 ranks, which is colonel and, uh, and, 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 and one-star generals and above, you cannot... No matter what anybody says, you cannot take the politics out of the, out of the officer. You certainly can't today. I mean, the, the fact is our generals are more political than I can ever remember. Take a look at post-Kosovo. Mm-hmm. Our supreme commander, allied commander over there then, who um, was a general and then wound up uh, pushing a lot of Democrat policies after that. Um, I've seen it. I've seen it happen in the military. And if if the proper actions, which are the actions you're, you're, you're espousing on your program tonight, are not taken, our nation stands at the highest probability of entering into a regional and very possibly a global nuclear war. I, I, I believe if this doesn't come to an end at some point soon, then that will be our next war with Iran. Larry, thank you for your service very much. I appreciate it. Let's go to North Hollywood, California, on the Mark Levin app. Kevin, go. Yes, yes. Hey, hey, Mark. Um, hey, hey, Kev. Know, How are you, baby? Okay, okay. I want to say thanks to you, I actually yeah. moved from being quite a leftist to kind of center slash right. And right. Um, I, I even did a piece called Why I Left the Left in the uh, City Watch LA. But uh, there's something I wanted to take to task about um, with the gun issue. Right. And that is with the whole bump stock thing. I mean, it may not really do any good if it's banned, but like you were saying, if I may, and yeah. you don't even you don't even care about it, you don't even use it, knowing that so it's not gonna affect you or, or your friends, so why do you even care if it's banned, if it could potentially save lives? In my own life, I don't own a bump stock. I never heard of the damn thing. What I'm trying to say is, you say, why why not ban it? It might save lives. What I'm trying to say to you is, if this thing did not exist, and this guy wanted to commit mass murder, he would still commit mass murder. Are mass murders before this subhuman uh, barbarian did not involve bump stocks? 
And if you outlaw bump stock, I just finished saying to you, and I would I would counter and ask you about this. Uh, if you wrap your finger through your belt loop while pulling the trigger and using forward pressure on the handguard, it has exactly the same effect. So if we can save one life by outlawing belts, would you support that? Okay, here is my counterplan that. The bump stock, it's use, it's utility. I don't care if they outlaw it or not. I'm saying if somebody wants to, uh, wants to slaughter 60, 70, 1,000 people, they're going to do it. Or they're at least going to try and do it. But Our greatest line of defense is backing the cops, backing detectives, trying to secure the border, keeping bad people in prison, appointing serious people as judges, not ideologues of the left, because that way you take bad people to the extent you find them and catch them and get them off the streets. It's not perfect. We know it's not perfect. But it is the best chance of preventing somebody from killing somebody. Because if you outlaw the bump stock, you're not going to outlaw the, bu the buckle and the belt. You're not going to outlaw these chemicals that are used every day, including fertilizer, that can be used to blow up, uh, you know, federal buildings. So you can outlaw to your heart's desire. But if you have these, these, these sickos out there, people who want to slaughter people, and our best line of defense is, as I say, getting them off the street, or in, or in other cases, protecting yourself with your own weapon, uh, this is going to not just continue, there's no way to stop it, but it's going to get worse. I the agree. biggest problem we have right now is an example. You talk about this mass murder case. Mass murders in the United States, as a statistical matter, are a fraction of the murders that take place in this country. Two-thirds of deaths as a result of guns are self-inflicted, suicide. The other third are primarily young men killing young men. Not with bump stocks, with handguns. With handguns, not with rifles. And a significant number of those young men killing young men are young black men killing young black men. So to outlaw the bump stock, you might say that'll save a life. In fact, it has almost no consequence, almost no relation to what's going on in this country. What took place in Las Vegas was horrific. Horrific. And if I felt that outlawing the bump stock would have prevented this this guy from murdering all these people, great. But he also had, and what you're not addressing is, material in his car for creating a bomb, a significant bomb. Go ahead, Kevin. Um, can I say uh, one other thing, Mark? Go right ahead. Okay. Um, with the belt, I would not want to ban belts because belts are for keeping your pants up. But the bump stock is. <laughs> but if it can person. save one person, we should all use suspenders. Um, well, that's going to push. But with let the me let me tell you this, Kevin. I my heart is where your heart is. Okay. My heart is where your heart is. But my mind tells me that this isn't going to do a damn thing. And so when we focus on things that aren't going to do a damn thing, we don't focus on things that might help. You see my point? And also, when you have so many people who run immediately to the ramparts pushing gun control, gun control, they weren't talking about outlawing the bump stock until they heard about the bump stock like the rest of us. They were talking about more background checks. They were talking about... Uh, 
I don't know, limiting guns. They were talking about all these things that would have absolutely no consequence whatsoever. None. Well, then why not just legalize flamethrowers and tanks and everything? If killers are still going to kill, why not legalize everything? Well, that's a good point, because states have the power, because the truth is states are not covered by the Second Amendment under the Constitution. States have the power to outlaw them. Right, and I think they should also have the power to outlaw a bump stock, because... Well, they are going to outlaw bump stocks. And so, I, in fact, In fact... Even though you can get, at least theoretically, an automatic weapon as opposed to a semi-automatic weapon uh, through the federal approval process, and it's quite arduous, some states have outlawed automatic weapons altogether. So federal law doesn't even apply. States have outlawed automatic weapons altogether, handful of states. Are you for that? Am I for that? No, I'm not. Why? All right, thanks for your call. I don't know how many more times I can talk about this. How many people have been slaughtered with automatic weapons? The overwhelming vast majority of American people are killed with a handgun. A handgun. You want to keep outlawing things? You going to outlaw handguns next? What are you going to do? Outlaw 40 calibers? 45 calibers? What are you going to do? Why? We can follow this to its logical extreme. So, Mark, people should own nuclear weapons? No, I don't think people should own nuclear weapons. I have no problem with states outlawing people owning nuclear weapons. It doesn't bother me in the least. I'm just pointing out the bump stock, outlawing the bump stock, it's going to make the politicians feel good. It's going to make Kevin feel good. It's going to make a lot of people feel good. And it'll be a temporary feel good. Because it's not going to stop a mass murder. All mass murders prior to this time did not use a bump stock. This guy was conniving. He was, he was uh, premeditated. Uh, the sheriff has now said he believes he had an accomplice. Uh, he had staked out other locations. He thought he would get away, perhaps to blow up or kill people in other ways in other places. Uh, his car was filled with, device, with, uh, with bomb-making uh, chemicals. Just pointing it out. Kurt. Kansas City, Missouri, the great KCMO. Go. Hi, Mark. I want to thank you for taking my call, and I'm a really big fan. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, sir. Um, I think that what we have in this country is not a gun problem, uh, but a human problem. And uh, although I think that, you know, the bump stocks, I agree with the callers who have called in and uh, expressed their opinion that we should get rid of these things. I agree. But I also mm -hmm. agree with you that in the grand scheme of things, it's really not going to change that much. And I think what we need to address is the human side of it and the, the cultural side of it. I'd like to um, I'd like to echo a point that another uh, host from your CRTV uh, made the other day, Gavin McInnes. And uh, for all of your listeners, I'd strongly recommend subscribing to CRTV. I watch it every day, and I learn so much, so I want to thank you for thank that. Thank you. But, um, and thank you. Uh, what he said was that we're dealing with uh, an issue of dehumanization, which means that it's become so easy and through social media, through mass media, um, through political division and balkanization to just assign uh, an insult or a name to somebody that you don't agree with. We've gotten to a point where we're not really talking to each other anymore, and we're just immediately attacking people. And everything I see on Facebook every day when I'm talking to liberals a lot of times, you know, it, it becomes so personal so quick. And I think that we've gotten to a point where 
it's so easy to dehumanize people that you disagree with that when you get radical people who want to kill a lot of people, it's, it's become easier for them to not see these people as human beings. And, you know, granted, we don't know the politics. But, the but, but I have to tell go. you, this has been going on since mankind was mankind. Look at the Third Reich. I think Look at the Third I Reich. That's the same issue. I think that's the same issue, and I think that the reason that the Third Reich got broad public support. Look, look, look how Iran talks about the Jews in Israel. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think this has been going on forever. Quite frankly. But but this is but the 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 thing is though, Mark, this is America. You know, we shouldn't have we shouldn't have to worry about those things happening in America. No, but we I'm talking have... about human nature. You but you brought up human nature, right? Right. Well, human nature doesn't change because of borders. That's true, but I I would like to think and and through are, are you a Christian? I'm not, actually. I'm a conservative, but I, I'm not a Christian. Okay, I'm a Jew. I'm not a Christian. You believe in original sin? I believe in natural law. And I believe, okay. I, I, I believe, I believe that everybody has a right to life. I believe that, you know, believe that killing people for sport is evil, obviously. Well, that's a good answer. I believe in natural law, too. And without delving any further, because I'm being told i got to get out, excellent call, Kurt. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Infinitum. We always get these arguments. So, you favor blowtorches, bazookas? Well, I could do it the other way around, too. Call something a gun, it could be banned. You're going to ban water pistols? What are you going to ban? Everything? Where does that end? I didn't say they couldn't ban bump stocks. I didn't say they shouldn't ban bump stocks. I said it'll make... No difference going forward. None whatsoever. None. Meanwhile, many of the people who were immediately pushing for some kind of ban, some kind of gun control, they didn't focus on bump stocks until 24, 48 hours ago. So they first heard of them, like the rest of us, or at least most of us. They were flailing around pushing all kinds of gun control things. Even the fool Joe Scarborough, the morning schmo. He was going on and on. Military-style weapons should be banned. So if you have a weapon, that's a typical weapon, but it's a military-style weapon. That is, it looks like a military weapon. That should be banned. That's the problem. These people flail around. Their solutions aren't solutions at all. And uh, and these, these issues continue to bleed the country. And many of them will be the first to trash the cops... Assume they're guilty until proven innocent. But, you know, maybe there's other amendments we can dispose of, too, right? We'll have to ask Brett Stevens what else we should repeal. I'll be right back. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, my buddy Kyle Cox, he's the owner of uh, Houston-based Blindster.com. 
He's helping his city recover from the ravages of Harvey. A portion of every purchase from Blindster.com, that's BlindsTER.com, goes to the city of Houston's Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. Kyle will give you a great deal on custom blinds, shades, or shutters while you help the folks in Houston at the same time. Blindster.com showed me how easy it is to measure and install my own blinds, and they can show you too. Kyle started the entire online window treatment industry. You'll always get Kyle's personal fit or free guarantee. And if for any reason your blinds don't fit, even if you messed up, Blindster will make the new sizes needed for free. You only pay for shipping. Now get this. Kyle gives my listeners, you, a whopping 40% off your entire order. You can use a tape measure or turn a screwdriver. Well, you can install custom-made window treatments, too. Enter promo code MARK at checkout for 40% off your entire order while helping the people of Houston at the same time. That's blindster.com, blindster.com, promo code MARK. It's a wonderful, wonderful service, a wonderful, wonderful product, quite frankly. I know. I've used it, and I have it. Let's see. Josh, Houston, Texas, Sirius Satellite. Speaking of Houston, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. First, I'd like to say thank you for everything that you do. You're an inspiration to us. And uh, I'm a firearms trainer as well as an EMT, and um, our hearts go out to everybody that in my circles to what happened in Vegas. We wish we could have been there to do something. Yeah. First thing I'd like to say is that um, fully automatic firearms have been regulated since the 1930s through the National mm-hmm. Firearms Act, 1934. And uh, since the uh, 1980s, they've actually been restricted. Uh, no more can be made, so they're a completely closed circle. The only ones that are left are tens of thousands of dollars, and like you've mentioned, waiting periods and all the other fun stuff. So the 1934 um, Firearms Act listed that a machine gun is, a, is something that you pull the trigger with one action, and multiple rounds can be fired, and semi-auto is one round for every action of the trigger. And the bump stock, basically, as you've said, um, is a glorified belt loop. It allows the semi-auto firearm to function in some sort of way like a fully automatic firearm, but by the letter of the law that hasn't changed since the 30s, it's still a semi-automatic firearm. It's just being fired very fast. And by the the way, it was held as such, again, by the Obama administration. Exactly, exactly. And they've they've ruled on it actually several times, and that was the ATF in 2010 that that made that ruling. And so uh, the new law that Feinstein's introduced, I read it today, says that basically any combination of items that can be uh, made to make a semi-automatic firearm fire faster uh, is illegal under this idea. So basically any sort of aftermarket triggers or there's, you know, some world-class shooters out there that can fire really fast. I'm a pretty fast shot myself. I'm, as You know, am I elite, uh, not allowed to fire at a certain rate of fire? I mean, these guns are capable of that, but, uh, you know, they're limited to a point. But it's just – it's it's completely – unbelievable where they're going with this the other part is is that these these progressives have mandated and gotten away from so much of the the social fabric of america and and they've degraded our moral ideas and yet they laugh at those and then yet they they come to us with these laws and expect us to to legislate morality i'll I'll, I'll, I'll take you one step further when antifa this violent marxist anarchist organization was being violent and doing the things that Antifa does. Did you notice how long it took liberals in the media to comment on it? Did you notice how it took even longer for them to criticize it? Same with members of the Democrat Party. Here you have people actually involved in horrible acts of violence. 
and most most of them sat on their mouths. You're absolutely right. I mean, you know, the Berkeley stuff, there were people that were assaulted, hit in the back of the head, bleeding, burned, all these things. You didn't hear a word about it in the media. All you heard was because some guy was speaking that everybody had to go crazy. And then, you know, they they don't say anything, like you just said, until the federal government lists parts of Antifa as a terrorist organization. And, 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 and let me bring this up, and I keep bringing it up, so the backbenchers will repeat it tomorrow. We have this Iran deal with these nuclear weapons. Can you imagine a president of the United States entering into an arrangement, bypassing the treaty clause of the Constitution, in which $150 billion is made available to a terrorist regime, a state terrorist regime that has killed American soldiers, a state terrorist regime that has said it wants to destroy America, death to America, money which will be used to enhance their ICBM capacity and their nuclear warhead capacity, intercontinental ballistic missiles, long-range missiles, so they can strike the United States. Now, I ask you this. Why isn't there a vote on the floor of the Senate, on the floor of the House today, which says we need to prevent the Iran from getting nuclear missiles and ICBMs that can destroy America? Meanwhile, many of these same people who are going to vote to ban the uh, this this device are many of the same politicians who were strongly supportive of that deal in Obama. I'm just trying to put things in context when we're talking about human life. There, There isn't a context for these people. They keep, they constantly move the goalposts. It's purely agenda-driven. Um, you know, I don't really even understand what the Obama administration wanted to gain out of the Iran deal because it gave them, it gave Iran everything that they could have wanted. And, it basically barred us from going to these off-limits places and investigating them like we could have done had that not happened. Yeah, like their so, military bases. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we can't even go in there, which is completely ironic and moronic. Uh, there's no understanding behind any of this on a logical, actual, factual basis. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Again, I'm not a special pleader for uh, bump stocks. Prior to two days ago, I didn't know what a bump stock was. I'm just trying to bring some reality to this, folks, because people get caught up in the hysterics of politics, the media. People want to be part of that. It wasn't until 48 hours ago that they were even talking about bump stocks on Capitol Hill because they didn't know what they were. Then we found out, thanks to CNS.com, that bump stocks were approved uh, by the ATF during the Obama administration, not once but twice. And they ruled that it was not an automatic weapon, <clears throat> that it mimicked an automatic weapon. I'm just giving you the facts. And I'm saying that this man who used the bump stock, uh, if he hadn't had bump stock, he would have done something else. That's clear by what was in his car. Uh, if you want to outlaw bump stocks, they'll outlaw bump stocks. But it's not going to have a perceptible consequence. I mean, the guy already used the bump stocks. And so somebody will use something else next time. And prior to Las Vegas, a bump stock wasn't used in any of the mass murders. The vast majority of murder in this country occurs with handguns. The vast majority of deaths as a result of guns are suicides. And so it's important to put things in perspective. I don't want to put evil in perspective. Evil is evil. There's no perspective for evil. And what this subhuman barbarian did to those people in Las Vegas is, is unimaginable is unimaginable. But yet again, we give people a pass here, these leftists, these Democrats, these members of the media and so forth. They're on top of cops immediately. They're accusing them of all kinds of things. They're guilty until proven innocent. 
Now they're called heroes or they're ignored altogether by the media. How do they turn on a dime like that? Because we allow them to turn on a dime like that. That's how. All right. Norman, Albany, New York, the great WGY. Go. Hello, Mark. How are you? Can you hear me well? I hear you great. Thank you, sir. All right. Fantastic. Uh, I'm an NRA member. I've been a hunter, a target shooter, uh, pretty much in the shooting sports my entire life. And as you uh, explained earlier, uh, you weren't familiar with the bump stocks. Neither was I. I'm not a... uh, uh, semi-automatic weapon kind of guy. Look, look, okay. I'm not an aficionado. I have my weapons. I know how my weapons work. I'm not looking to improve them. I just like having my weapons. Anyway, go ahead. Exactly like I do. You know, if I want a bird hunt, I can bring a shotgun. If I want a deer hunt, I can bring a shotgun or, or a rifle. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but the one problem I have, okay, uh, a lot of people have been bringing up uh, banning these. And I'm not quite familiar with them, but for over the news over the past couple of days, I've figured out what they're capable of doing. And you put, you put anything in the, in the hands of a psycho and they're going to do it. If guns were never uh, overall invented or gunpowder, they would have done it with something else when you have somebody that's mental like this. Okay? But the biggest problem I have... Go, you know, being an NRA member and everything else, go ahead, ban them. But the only thing that scares the hell out of me, excuse my language, is it's going to give the Dems, it's going to allow them to put their foot through the door to get other stuff started. And I think there's a lot of callers out there and there's a lot of people shaking their heads, yes. And that's a that that's a huge problem I have right now, Mark. Well, there's there's some truth to what you say because remember, as I keep pointing out, prior to a couple of days ago, they weren't talking about bump stocks because we never heard of them, right? Right. And we weren't familiar with them, and we weren't aware that this uh, barbarian subhuman is what I keep calling him. I know his name, and I don't want to use his name. Uh, had used them. So the bottom line is what. The bottom line is they were out there proposing gun control measures, taking them right off the shelf that they had proposed before that had absolutely nothing to do with what took place in Las Vegas. And this is why we circle back to the moronic, uh, repeatedly moronic, Brett Stevens. He's saying, look, just ban the Second Amendment. Repeal it. This is where they're going. But they're not going to repeal it through the constitutional process because they don't have the votes. They don't have the support of the American people to do that. Two-thirds of both houses and then three-fourths of the states. And so they're going to do it. They're going to do it judicially. I'm convinced of this. I'm Mark, convinced of it. If you actually have a moment, appeal out to. The, I'm sure they're quite elderly by this time. Okay, the Jews who lived in Germany. Do what now? The Jews who lived in Germany on, under the reign of Hitler. And he disarmed everyone and then turned around and slaughtered. Well, we've talked about it on this show. I mean, uh, think about the Warsaw Ghetto. And uh, most, most of the weapons the Jews had there were handmade or they were, they were relative few number of pistols and so forth. They were up against tanks and, and that sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why the Second Amendment is there. Uh, so it, it's an important amendment. You know, people don't talk at least... Uh, openly like this and repeatedly like this about curtailing free speech 
Uh, even though the same liberal Democrats want to do that, they certainly never talk about curtailing freedom of the press uh, and freedom of the press, which the press uses to advance its agenda and the agenda of the left. If you even call the press fake news, which, which Trump does, you remember there was a period of time where the media were saying that's dangerous, what he's doing to the press, this war on the press, and on and on. And they were just words, right? They were just words. <clears throat> but the media went nuts because the media was being attacked through free speech, claiming that they had a First Amendment right, freedom of the press that was being attacked by the President of the United States. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. And the true sad reality, folks, is this. Today is Thursday. The slaughter took place, what, three and a half, four days ago. And we continue to discuss bump stocks. We continue to discuss gun control. We continue to discuss politics. Because, again, this is where the left has driven us. This is where the left has driven us. So fast they have moved us away from all those wonderful heroes, those American citizens, who were so courageous during that horrific slaughter. So fast they've moved us away from talking about the police officers, who they despise. They despise the police, let's be blunt. As they nationalize police departments. It's interesting, we haven't had any stories by the media about race and the cops. Because they'll only use race and the cops if they can create racial divisions. But what about race and the cops in Las Vegas? The cops of all races. Helping people of all races. Maybe they'll do a story on that. Don't hold your breath. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Great news, ladies and gentlemen. Chaminet has extended their crazy Genesel warehouse clearance sale. You call them right now, you can get double your order of Genesel for free. Genesel is a natural plant stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for the pesky bags and puffiness under the eyes. And with Genesel's immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in about 12 hours. You call right now, double your order of Genesel for free. I have family and friends who use Genesel and they love it, especially my buddy Teddy. Guy's a heart surgeon, and his faith, face is as smooth as a baby's bottom. At least that's what he tells me anyway. Uh, let's see. So keep this in mind. Genesel is backed by the best customer service in the business in an ironclad 60-day, 100% money-back guarantee. But I'm not finished. Call now and you'll get a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. Call in the next 20 minutes and get a free two-month supply of Esotic RF, Chamonix's most popular wrinkle treatment for free. That's your fourth free gift. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or go to Genesel.com. Double your Genesel order Get the deep firming serum and esotique free while supplies last. Order now. And shipping's also free. By my count, that's five free gifts. Okay? 800 skin 604, 800 skin 604. Let me tell you, if you've been thinking about it, now's the time to jump in. Genesel. I tell you, my, my family, my friends love it. 
800-SKIN-604. All right. Let us continue as we wrap up. Trying to get as many callers as I can because people have been wanting to talk about this all week long. Andrew, Wichita, Kansas, the great KNSS. Go. Hi. Um, I was. I just wanted to say your last couple of callers, I think they hit the nail on the head, uh, especially the caller who said the Democrats are trying to get their foot in the door with a bump stock ban. I think uh, the, the only thing the bump stock does is it increases the rate of fire, that, like the effective rate of fire with a semi-automatic firearm. Well, that's a big um, deal. Increasing right. the rate of fire, otherwise this guy wouldn't have used it. Correct, but my only point is, fine. If it never existed, he would have done something else. Right, exactly. Um, but my fear is they're going to continue with that rate of fire since they could get their foot in the door with it. And what's to stop them from saying just semi-automatic is too much? Because a semi-automatic firearm is just as deadly as look. It's it's conceivable. It's definitely conceivable. That's where the Democrats want to go. They want to abolish the Second Amendment if they can. And they want to abolish it, not through repealing it, like that nitwit said from the uh, New York Slimes. They will uh, abolish it, not through a constitutional amendment. They will abolish it by judicial fiat. That day is coming. All right, Andrew, I appreciate your call. Bonnie, San Francisco, we don't have a lot of time. KSFO, go. Mark, thanks for having me. Great. uh, uh, Quick, quick, quick. When was the uh, Second Amendment, when was that, what was the reason for that? Why was it there? What's the main reason? To protect civilians from too much government, right? Well, there's a lot of reasons for the Second Amendment. First of all, it's a natural law right. That is, you have a right to defend yourself, whether there's a Constitution or not. Uh, So you have the right to, uh, pay attention, you asked me a question, I know you meant it to be rhetorical, but I'm educating you. Unalienable right. You have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to protect yourself from an individual, a group of individuals, even a government. And I'm not saying you should overthrow the American government. I'm talking to you about the Second Amendment. You know, I may address this a little bit more next week in the context of natural law. We salute all you heroes out there. We're out of time. God bless each and every one of you. Be well.